whole topic that we have for this year is the topic of stewardship. And we're talking about putting God first in every, in every single area of our lives. We just finished yesterday our 21 days of fasting and prayer. How many say amen to that? All right. It's been a great time. The fast is over, baby. All right. Fast is over. All right. Um, but the 21 days of prayer have been amazing. And yesterday we capped it off with 12 consecutive hours of prayer. All right, from all the way 8 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock at night. And I don't know where Germán is, but he's somewhere out there. I wanted to give a shout out to him. He's probably in the camera room because he was actually here for all 12 hours yesterday. You know, and that was powerful. He's in the camera room. So Germán, I want to honor you and give props to you for that. That's why we, when we talk about putting God first, it doesn't mean that you're going to be here for 12 hours in prayer. But each of us know what God is calling us to. And maybe that's what he's requiring of you. And that if that's what he requires of you, then you go after that. You see, but when we talk about putting God first, we got to talk about priorities and what's the certain order that we should have in our lives. And the first thing I talked to you in this series was that his presence should be number one. His presence should be first, that we should go after him with all our hearts. Then we talked about family and the importance about family. Okay, we were all placed into a family. Family matters. Family is important. And last week we talked about purpose. And let me tell you something. Last week's teaching, man, if I've ever stood on this pulpit, I really believe that last week's teaching was one of those that, I mean, you should even go back and, 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 and revisit that because, you know, when we talk about why we were placed here on earth and what's the purpose that God has for our lives, that's what we talked about last week. And that's why we have our growth track. And I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm never going to shut up about that. You know, today we have step four of our growth track. And if you haven't done that, man, make sure the whole growth track is four steps, four weekends. First Sunday of the month is step one. Second Sunday of the month, step two. And like that all the way through the four Sundays of the month. And the reason that we set that out is so that you could discover and start walking towards your purpose. And the giftings and the talents that God has placed inside of you. I don't want Numa Church to look like its pastor. I want Numa Church to look like the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has deposited gifts in the body. And each of you guys have gifts and talents that God has given you. And I want to make sure you guys have a platform so that you can walk and run in that. So that's what the growth track is all about. And at the end of the service, you could go to that. Because during the first service right now, growth track is running in Spanish. And then when this service is over, it starts running in English. So go and check it out. And another thing, by the way, you know that all our teachings are up on YouTube. Okay, we have a YouTube channel. Come on, somebody. Right? It's Numa Church Miami. All right? And I want you guys to subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right? And the teachings are all up there. Go check out last Sunday's teaching. It will shake you up, man. God will speak to your heart. I know what I'm telling you. All right? Now, today, all right, to close this whole series on priorities, we're going to talk about relationships. Can you say with me, relationships? All right? We're going to talk about my relationships because we all have relationships. All right? And relationships are definitely important. We were created to have relationship with one another. All right? If you go to your Bible in the book of Genesis, right at the beginning, chapter 2, verse 18... All right, this is used about marriage, but this is a principle on relationship. What the God said, then the Lord God said, it is not good. 
for man to be alone. I will find him a helper who was just right for him. And then he created Eve. But the biblical principles that Adam had animals and he had forests and he had all these things and he had God. And yet when God looked at man, he saw him alone. We were made to relate with another person that is flesh and blood like you and me. Actually, the Bible, okay, is so emphatic on this point that Proverbs 18.1, this is one of the craziest verses that, that I've ever read, but it says, He who separates himself seeks his own desire and quarrels against all sound wisdom. Those that isolate themselves, those that separate themselves, those that do not want to be bothered are seeking their own desire, according to what the Bible says. They're going after their own dreams. They're going after what they want, and they don't care about people. And God doesn't want you and me to be like that. And like a church, I'm going to do everything possible to put the tools in front of you, to put platforms in front of you so that you could establish what, guys? Healthy relationships. Can you say that with me? Healthy relationships, all right? For example, this upcoming Tuesday, we have a bowling outing with the men. Where are my men at this morning, all right? And today I'm going to preach the announcements to you guys. I put verses to my announcements this morning. Come on. All right? But we have a bowling outing, the men that are here, all right? If you're 14 and above, you are welcome to come bowling with us on Tuesday. It's going to be at 730, and we're going to meet up, okay, at Boleros in Dolphin Mall. But you need to sign up today, and it costs $30. And we're going to have a great time, and we're going to have fun. And if you're competitive like me, you're going to want to win every game that you're in. And you're going to want to make sure that you have the best team possible. That's the way that I play. All right, so you make sure you get on my team. No, I'm kidding, all right? <laughs> That's why sometimes I get injured and all that, man. I try too hard. But the reason that we're putting that bowling alley is not because pastors didn't have anything to do on Tuesday night. Actually, somebody invited me to the Heat game on Tuesday night against the Boston Celtics, and they were giving me the tickets. And I look at my calendar, I'm like, oh man, I have a bowling outing. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? Okay, I'll go bowling, I'll go bowling, I'll go bowling. <laughs> Whoever wants to tempt me, man, invite me to the basketball game. I love basketball. But anyways, um, the reason that we do that is so that we build relationship. Maybe it's kind of awkward to go to a group and... You know, what are you living? What are you going through? But, hey, man, you're bowling. You're getting to know somebody. You're hanging out, eating chicken wings. You know, it's a good experience, all right? So sign up for that at the end. And the other thing that I want to tell you, that is another platform that we're putting in order for us to relate. It's this father and son camping trip. We've never done that in the history of our church. In our history of our church, we've never done a father and son camping trip. And a few years ago, we did a father and daughter dance, and that was fantastic. And this year, we're doing a father and son camping trip. But what am I going to talk to my son about in the tent? I don't know. You figure it out, man, but it's going to be valuable time. There's, I'm going to tell you, there's not a better investment that you can make in 2020 than investing time in the life of your son in two days in a tent. It's going to be amazing. 
Because some of the best time that I ever spent with my dad was days before he passed away as I stayed to sleep with him in the hospital and I shared the bed that was next to him and we just shared stories and we talked about stuff. But pastor, my kid is only eight years old. What is he going to want to talk about? Talk to him about veggie tales. I don't care, man. But he needs you as his father. You know, relationships. We were made for relations. And man, the announcement's never been as good as today. I'll tell you that, man. All right? I want you to write this down. This is so important. Your resources are in your relationships. Your resources are in your relationships. Some of us are looking for resources. Look for relationships. And your resources will be found in the relationships that you build. And I'll give you an example. My wife is sitting here in the front, okay? I got to relate with my wife, and we actually started dating because of a relationship that I had with her brother-in-law. Her brother-in-law, Pastor Santi, okay, was leading the youth ministry back in the day, and I was one of the guys that was serving in the youth ministry. And we got to develop a relationship through the youth ministry. And one day they were going to go out together. Okay, I think it was like Memorial Day or Labor Day or something like that. One of those weekends to Naples as a family and some people were coming. And my friend said, hey, why don't you come with us on this vacation? We're going to spend three days. We're going to go to the beach. We're going to have a good time. This and, that. and it was in that trip that I had known her for many years, but all of a sudden we started sharing and talking at a different level. And all of a sudden we're like, hey man, this girl's pretty cool. Even though she had given me a lot of headaches before, you know what I'm saying? One day we'll preach our story together up here. And Pastor Max will say amen from the... Pastor Max and Gabby used to skip school together, all right? Now you see them here pastoring and everything, but they were skipping buddies from sunset. And they would come to me on Wednesday night, and you know that some of your leaders are skipping? I'm like, who's skipping? Pastor Max, Gabby, this and that. I'm like, what? Like, they're not going to teach it. These guys gave me headaches. That's why Pastor Max says all these nice words. Pastor, I've known you all my life. And I've known this guy all my life, man. I got a whole bunch of gray hairs because of him. And her. <laughs> And then she comes here, like, oh, Pastor Chris, you know, he gives me gray hair. She gave me gray hairs when I was a youth, man. But your resources are in your relationships. Through my relationship with Pastor Santi, I got to meet who today is my wife. How important it is that you build relationships with people. Don't isolate yourself. You never know when one connection, one conversation, networking with people, where that's going to take you. The doors that will open for you. You guys are understanding what I'm telling you this morning? So relationships are a priority. Can you say that with me? Relationships are a priority. In the Sermon of the Mount, okay, which is probably Jesus' greatest preaching ever because he touched on so many subjects and so many topics. Towards the end of that sermon, he spoke about relationships. And in that sermon, there's six lessons that he speaks about relationships that I'm just going to like sort of like tiptoe into today because I wouldn't even, each of these can literally become a series of teachings. But I want you guys to look into these six issues about relationship that if we, listen to what I'm going to say, okay, 
If we learn, we're going to be blessed to practice them. Six issues about relationships from the Sermon of the Mount. And I want to tell you some, the first two that we're going to touch on right now. They're some of the main issues, if not the main issues that we're dealing with in the nation of the United States right now. Because these are not just issues, you know, that you deal with personally. We're dealing with this as a nation. They're, I believe they're the root to some of the greatest marriage issues that we have right now. And the first one is anger. Anger. I want you guys to come with me and we're going to stay in Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to start in verse 21. And we're going to look at verse 21 and 22 in this point. Anger. And Jesus says this. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. And if you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say to you, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, how many of us have called somebody an idiot, especially when you're driving around and some idiot cuts you off like they did yesterday to me, when I'm with all my kids in the car taking them to the basketball game, some guy just cuts me off. And I thought about every work in the Greek language, in the Hebrew language, and in the American language, to tell that guy. And he was just nonchalantly driving like nothing. I'm like, I got my kids in the back of this car, you. And then I remember that today I was going to use this in my preaching. I'm like, all right. No. Oh. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Oh, my God. This is crazy, all right? Because remember that Jesus in the new covenant came to take this to a higher level. He came to bring the new covenant to a higher level. It's not that he lowered the standard. He actually raised it. Because in the Old Testament, if you murder someone, here Jesus says, if you call somebody an idiot or you get angry with somebody, and I want to tell you that I believe that one of the main problems that we have in this country is a problem with anger. I think that that's the reason that we have all the shootings that we have. Let me tell you something. Gun control is not going to solve that. There's an anger issue. The road rage. You just see people get road rage and all of a sudden you've seen some crazy stories happen with people even getting out of the car and, and beating on somebody else. Fights in school that are going on today. And I know that there have always been fights in school. I, I, I come from Miami back in the 80s and 90s. I know there's been fights in school. But the anger that you see today in the kids, in the marriages, things that go on in the marriages, it's just some crazy stuff that is going on. And let me tell you, what is the root of that problem is anger. And where does that anger come from? From unresolved issues of the heart. And we all got them. Everyone in this room and everyone watching through that camera, we all have unresolved issues of the heart. But we need to get to the point that we start dealing with that stuff. And it's not by blowing up. Some of you guys, you know, you have little kids, you've seen a movie called Inside Out. And there's this red guy that all of a sudden he just blows up and his head just blows up and it's a volcano. 
you know, he just, he just changes like the Hulk. You know, some girls today, you look out and you're like the female Hulk. I'm like, what happened, man? Just anger, anger, anger. And Jesus takes it to the heart. You don't need to murder to kill someone. All you need to do is be angry at them. Because when you're angry at somebody in your heart, you already crossed that person out. In your heart, you already murdered that person. You, you killed that person to you. That person, and we've said it, that person is if they were dead to me. How many of us have heard that or maybe said that? When we don't deal with anger. So Jesus starts this whole list by talking about anger. And I challenge you today, if there's anger in your heart, we're here to help you, man. But you need to talk about it. Because a lot of us just box ourselves in and all of a sudden, and it's like a fuse. All of a sudden, it just goes off. Number two, the second issue that he talks about here. Another thing that our nation is drastically dealing with right now, lust. Lust. Matthew 5, 27 and 29. He says, and you have heard the commandment that says, you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, another version says your right eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for the whole body to be thrown into hell. All right, at the end of the service, guys, I'm not going to have one of my ushers with a box at the door and say, okay, we're collecting eyes here today. Just throw your eyes in this box. Because the reality is we've all fallen into this. Everyone in this room at one point or another, pastor, no. Man, we're 20 years old, 15, 16. Let me tell you something. This is not just for men, but for women too. It's very important. Okay? And Jesus is taking this command, listen to this, to another level. Adultery doesn't just start with a sexual act. It starts with the eye. It starts with what? It starts with the eye, what you're looking at, what you're focusing on, what your mind goes to. What enters through your eye and the example in the Bible is so clear. The Bible talks about King David one day going to the roof of his house and he sees this beautiful woman bathing in one of the houses in the bottom and he finds out about her and he brings her over to his house and the rest is history. What happened? He was looking where he didn't need to look. It starts with the eye. It starts with what we're bringing in. Guys, and it's all over. Everybody on TV. On the billboards, drive down I-95, check out the billboards of all the gentlemen clubs and stuff like that. Go down to South Beach and take a little walk on the sand. It's all over. And Jesus says it's better for you to gouge out your eye. Now, this is not talking, okay, about you walking around, you know, without eyes. What happened to you? And, you know, as I, the scripture that Jesus, you know, pastor was preaching on Sunday. And all of a sudden next week you come here and you're looking like Jack Sparrow. All right. Have Johnny Depp here next week, you know, dressed as a pirate. That's not what I'm talking about. But whatever that causes you to sin in this area, you need to deal with. 
For example, I don't know when is the last time I went into Instagram. I crossed out my Instagram account because all of a sudden I had all these things that would come up on my feed. And I'm like, I can't be dealing with this stuff. I can't be dealing with all these. I'm looking for what's going on here, what's going on there, just some of the pictures my friends posting. All of a sudden, you got all these things coming up. I'm like, I can't put up with that. So about eight months ago, nine months ago, I told my wife, peace out to Instagram. Because what I'm doing is I'm taking out my eye. You understand? What is it that you need to take out of your life? Cable TV. All right. Cable TV. But I'd rather be in right relationship with God and walking in righteousness than having to deal with that fire all the time in my heart. Because hell's not where I'm going to spend my eternity, but boy, it becomes a living hell here in my mind. I'm constantly dealing. If you don't put deal with the stuff that you need to deal with. You guys understand what I'm telling you? So Jesus is going to some very deep things here. And like I said, these are two key issues in our nation. Right now the Super Bowl is going to be here next Sunday. Guess what? Wherever the Super Bowl goes for those few weeks, it becomes the epicenter of human trafficking. I wonder why. And Miami's already number two in the nation after Houston, so imagine now with the Super Bowl here. That's why I give praise for something like Explore God, that in the midst of all that craziness, they're going to be infiltrating with the Word of God and trying to make a difference. That's why it's so important that you get the Word out. And we're going to be having, you know, these little handouts for you guys to take out and stuff like that. There's going to be this big event that's going to take place at the Wasco Center at UM. This guy, Ravi Zacharias, and some other guys are coming. Does God exist? Take the people that don't know to that because God wants to have a relationship with people. But we don't know that and we don't even know how to talk to them. So these, these tools, they help us with that. Number three issue that Jesus talks about, divorce. Jesus talks about divorce. Matthew 5, 31 and 32. I was cold when I got up here, and all of a sudden I just feel a little fire. It says, you have heard that the law says a man cannot divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. Now, when's the last time you heard that being preached on Sunday? We don't want to go into these things because they're a little heavy. And we really don't understand what does this whole mean. And I want to tell you something. I'm not here to condemn anybody that is in the second marriage. Maybe you failed before. You're in another marriage now or maybe even third you know, I'm not here to condemn anybody. That's not the purpose of my message. And I want to tell you something here. It's not how serious God is about divorce. This verse is not really about that. How serious God is about divorce. This is not about that. It's how serious God is with the covenant of marriage. That's what this verse is about. This verse is about how serious God is about marriage. If you're here and you have this ring on your finger and you're married and you have your lady next to you, or lady, you have a ring on your finger, you have your husband next to you, that's a serious matter that you enter to. It's not just like, well, you know, I just don't feel the butterflies in my stomach anymore. Man, you feel butterflies in your stomach when you eat pizza at night. 
I don't feel the butterfly. Get them butterflies out of here, man. It's a commitment that you made. And God is serious about that commitment. Okay, and marriage is dear to God. Listen to this because the relationship between a husband and a wife is a reflection here on earth of the relationship between Jesus and the church. And God says the way that the marriage works, that's the way that the relationship between Jesus and the church. And if this doesn't work, they're not going to have an understanding of how this needs to operate. And if you think that this could break off, then you could have the idea that this could break off. Marriage covenant is real. Listen, when I went up there and I told some beautiful words to my wife, you know, and we committed ourselves, you know, and, you know, till death do us part. Like I said, when anger comes, death comes sooner. And it's not a physical death. You just cross out the person, but we need to resolve those issues. And if you're married, man, you fight for your marriage. You fight for that marriage. You go after that marriage with all your heart. I told you I was going to preach announcements to you. We have our marriage conference at the end of February. We have Pastor Joe and his wife. You don't know Pastor Joe. If you think I've been saying some funny and crazy things up here today, <laughs> wait, till the, wait till March 1st that Pastor Joe will be here preaching. You're like, that guy should not be in a pulpit. He should be <laughs> a place for crazy people or something, man. But I'm bringing him because he'll tell you things straight out as they are. And we're doing our marriage conference with him and his wife. She just survived cancer. She just went through her last cancer treatment, you know, and she's going to be here with us, Ada. So we're going to, and she's going to throw him under the bus a hundred times. It's going to be awesome. You know, and we're going to laugh and we're going to try to make marriage work because marriage is important to God. And we're going to start off on that Thursday night, February the 27th, with a nice dinner and a nice romantic restaurant. It's all going to be included. Next week, I'm launching, okay, the, ins- the, the, the inscriptions for that. So you guys could sign up for that, all right? And the price for it is $160, $160 for the couple because it's all three days and it's the dinner included and everything we're going to be, you know, munching during these days and everything like that. And we want to make sure we give Pastor Joe a good offering. But you know what? There's no better investment, husband, wife, that are here than into your marriage because that's what your kids are going to model after. They're going to model after that. My wife and I are so serious about this because we know that we have four kids and they're watching. And they're looking how we solve our issues and how we solve our problems and how we talk to each other. And I'm not always this angel that you say you appear. Look at her laughing. Now I'm getting back at her for all the things that she did to me when she was a youth. Everything you sow, you reap like a baby. Now you live with me, I'm going to give you some headaches. You know what I'm saying? You want to watch the cooking channel, the heater playing, baby. Just take away. I'm going to watch this game right now. <laughs> She wants to see, what's the name of that guy? Bobby Flay. She wants to see who beats Bobby Flay. I'm like, hold on, I want to see who's going to beat the heat, you know? Like, wait up a second, you know? I'm almost done. All right? Number four, Jesus talks about oath. Oath. Matthew 5, 33 through 37. Worship team could come up. Matthew 5, 33 through 37, he says, You have also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. Notice how interesting that he talks about divorce, and then immediately he goes into the part of vows. 
you must carry out your vows and that you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Listen to this, guys. Jesus says, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by earth, because earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head, for you can turn one white, one hair white or black. Just say a simple, yes I will, or no I won't. Anything beyond that is from the evil one. So he's talking about oaths. You know why? You know why he, he goes into this? Because sometimes in our relationships, we have had a, rela- a, a re- reputation of not being so truthful. You know, we've had to scam some things, you know, and we've had to like, you know, cover up some things and, and do something. So some people don't even know if you're saying the truth or if you're saying a lie. So, so, so what we usually do in order to, 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 to affirm that, hey man, I promise you it's like that. Let me some money and I'll promise you that I'll give it back to you. Hey man, this thing that I'm telling you, man, is real. No man, I don't believe it. I swear to God. And then all of a sudden it's like, you took it to another notch. Is that when I swear or when I promise, that's when I really mean what I'm saying. And God says, don't go into that business. Just say yes or no and that's it. You don't need to be covering up. So what Jesus is really talking about is being people that walk in truth. That are truthful. Have you ever told a lie and all of a sudden you, you lose the trust of people? That's the hard part. And all of a sudden, you get into these oaths to try to get the trust back. And Jesus is saying, you don't need to do all that. Just say yes, just say no. The fifth one, retaliation or revenge. Matthew 5, 38 through 41. You have heard that the law says that the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye. And a tooth for tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. And if you are sued in the court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. And if a soldier demands that you carry his entire gear for one mile, carry it for two miles. You know that one of the things that can most damage a relationship is revenge? Revenge. And I'm going to give you the key to dealing with revenge. You know what the key is? Here's the key. People are going to fail you. That's it. People are going to fail you. So if you understand that people are going to fail you and that there's nobody perfect and that they're going to fail you various times, you know what? That whole issue about getting revenge and getting back at people all of a sudden leaves. Why? Because you're immediately, when you meet a person, you're already extending forgiveness. You know what's the antidote to revenge? Forgiveness. You see, I've already forgiven everybody in this room. Pastor, we haven't done anything. No, just in case. (laughs) I live free. I sleep nice at night. Pastor, they said this about you. Oh, tranquilo, I already forgave that person. What? They never got in a problem with you. No, pero por si acaso, I already forgave them. 
Just extend forgiveness. Don't go into revenge. Oh, they're going to pay for it. They're not going to pay anything for it. You're ruining yourself, man. Right now, I was telling my wife a story about a person that we love dearly that is going through a horrible situation. And she was hurt in a relationship. And she just brought out something that happened like 20 years ago and told this person, I still haven't forgiven you for this. 20 years ago and they brought out, I haven't forgiven, but they go to church every Sunday. Like what have they been listening to? And what have they been practicing? You're bringing out a list of something that happened 20 years ago and saying you haven't forgiven that person, but you come every Sunday and you raise your hand. Man, stop raising your hand and forgive that person. Stop bringing your offering. Oh, is that I give my tithe? Man, forget about your tithe and forgive that person. That's what Jesus says. Don't be revengeful, people. Don't be revengeful, people. That's what Jesus is here talking about. And the last one, enemies. Jesus talks about enemies. This is the sixth issue that he talks about. In relationships, our enemies. Matthew 5, 43 and 45. And you have heard it that the Lord says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. And pray for those that persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and to the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. What an amazing verse. You know that the only way that you're going to be able to love your enemies is that you leave that spirit of vengeance and retaliation to the side and you start praying for those people. Pray for the people that have hurt you. Pastors that you don't know what they did, pray for them exactly. They don't know how deep it is, what they did. They don't know how painful it is. They don't know how great that wound is. They need prayer. And I know that I'm touching a nerve. This is not easy. But I'm preaching to you the words of our master, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we say, Lord, I love you. You're so amazing. There's no one like him. It's because these were the qualities that we admire about him. But the crazy thing is that his Holy Spirit lives inside of you. If you receive them as Lord and Savior. So it's not something that you cannot do. You just need to surrender to him. Surrender to him. And he'll live this out through you. So if we put these six principles that we've learned today. And to practice, man, we're going to be blessed in our relationships. We're going to be blessed in our relationships. And the last announcement, because I've preached my announcements today, is that they gave you a paper when you walked in, because we're launching our small groups this week. And we have our small groups fair, and that's why we have all those tables in the back. And these groups that you have in your hand, these are groups in English, all right? Now, you might be interested in a group in Spanish. We have another list for that. But these are groups that are going to be going on in English. And you know what? In this church is important 
that you build relationships. And the way that we do that is through small groups. And I want to encourage you today, ask your pastor, okay, join a small group. Be part of a small group. I have some of the guys that were here with me, you know, last year in one of the small groups that we did. Man, what we live there is amazing. We talk about stuff that, man, we're not going to talk about here on Sunday morning. But we talked in that group. We were able to open up. We are able to share. We are able to build each other up, pray for each other. So I'm not here. Okay, listen, I don't want to convince you about something, but this is good for you. So at the end of the service, I want you to go to one of those tables out there in the back and sign up for a group. Finance group, man. If you're in a mess and a jam, you know, with debt, man, we have a group on finances that will rock your world. I'll tell you that. It did to me. This whole thing about explore God, man, I want to know how to answer people, these questions that they have. Man, go join that group. Take people with you. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at a moment. Because I know that the Holy Spirit has been speaking on all these six things that I mentioned today. I want to thank you, Lord, because you are moving in our midst this morning. And each of the hearts of the people that are here, there's different things, different areas that you're touching, my God. But of all those relationships, Lord God, that we need to have, the most important relationship, Lord, that we need to have is with you, Lord Jesus. With you, Heavenly Father. With you, Holy Spirit. With you, God. That's the most important relationship that we could have. And this morning, right there where you're at, I want you to evaluate in your heart, how's your relationship with God today? Do you have a relationship with God today? Have you been forgiven of your sins through Jesus because he came and he lived the perfect life and died on a cross to pay for your sins and my sin? And today, if you receive him as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says all your sins are forgiven and you enter into a relationship with God. So I want to ask you, do you have Jesus in your heart? Is he your Lord and Savior? And if you want to make that decision today, I want you to make this prayer with me. You're going to repeat with me. You're going to say, Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you for forgiveness for all the sins that I've committed. I need your forgiveness, Lord. I want to be in a relationship with you. I need you, God. So today, through your cross, I find that forgiveness and I run into your arms, Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son Jesus for me. And now I want to pray for all those that are here this morning, all those that might be watching, that one of these relationship issues that we mentioned might have struck a nerve might have popped up in your heart and say, I need to work with this. I need to deal with that. Where there is anger, where there is the whole issue about divorce or revenge, whichever one of the ones that I just mentioned. Father, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters just that right here in front of me. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, your promise is that you would fulfill and you would complete the work that you've started in each of us Lord to the day of Jesus Christ and I pray right now Lord 
that you would give the ability to each of my brothers and sisters that are right here to come to terms with those issues that are affecting them in their relationships. That they could find peace, Father. Peace. Just bring your peace, Lord. Just bring your peace, Lord. Especially those that have been hurt by someone. Just bring peace right now. Where there's hurt and anger and frustration. And we pray for our enemies today, Lord. I want you to take that greater step this morning as we close this part of the message. And just pray for those people that maybe have caused the greatest pain to you. And it might be hard to do it tomorrow on Monday or Tuesday, but right now there's a presence of God that even enables you to do something that maybe at another moment is hard or you won't even do it, but now you might. Can you pray for that person? Just doesn't have to be a great prayer. Maybe it's a prayer like this. Lord, I release them from my judgment. I release them from my anger. And I pray that you would work in their heart for what they did to me. Bless them, Lord. And that's it. You don't need to go further than that. But that's a giant step right now. So, Father, I thank you. Because you're giving boldness to my brothers and sisters here today. To step out in their relationships. And to go further and beyond into putting into practice what you've taught us in your word. Thank you, Lord, for these priorities that you've taught us in this series. Your presence first. Our family, Lord God. My purpose and the relationships that I have in my life. We honor you and we bless you in Jesus' name. And we say, Amen.